And here we are in episode two of Bill and Kill's excellent podcast again as we are reviewing The Flash. Flash. Welcome everybody. How's it going? Hope you're having a great day. So episode two of The Flash here. Good episode. Well, they're all good episodes, I think, but this one's excellent. There's a, you know, I'm always devil's advocate, and I try to be devil's advocate. And, you know, I always have my little picadillos. But overall, The Flash can't can't stop winning me over. Um, you know, the just just even the intro to this is... You know, we he doesn't even he says, "Oh, hey, I'm the fastest man alive," and it doesn't he doesn't try to. At least we don't have to hear a rehash. Yeah, yeah, it was fun, wasn't it? It was just sort of like, "Hell, hey, by the way, I'm the Flash, fastest man alive," and let's get to it. Yeah, and watch me save some people, which is exactly what I wanted out of it. Mm Hmm. Well, and it has a great intro to it in the sense that you know you have a great prologue in of of the episode you know that introduced the first act and and you see barry running into the burning building and and pulling people out and i think it's a real it's it's just a real defining aspect of his character that gets reinforced from the first you know from the pilot in that you know barry is a real honest to God hero. And he really does do crazy shit like running into burning buildings. And so you really get a sense of what this character is going to be throughout the entire series. Totally. And that's a, that's the quintessential superhero thing to do is you've got to, to get your cred, to get your street cred, you have to run into a burning building and save some mofos. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Spider-Man did it. Batman did it. You know, Flash has got to do it, too. I think Arrow's done it. Pretty yep. sure Arrow's done it. Yeah, I mean, any any superhero worth their salt has, at some point, run into a burning building. It's just it's just one of those checkboxes that you have to... That you have to do, you know, run into building, burning, and burning building saved, you know, little kid. Check. Boom. And I, and I, and I also liked, as we go through, that it is making careful use and appropriate use, I would say appropriate use of flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So it, we don't have to hear, we don't, God knows we don't want to hear all Barry's childhood, but we get to hear and see where, what is some of the events that defined him. And I like mm-hmm. that. I like that, that whole, you know, bringing us to Barry's past and still appreciating where he is right now as the flash. And that's, that seemed to be where this show was, you know, excelling to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There were some really good, good moments there where you saw him as a kid and it it really just reinforced a lot of what we saw in the pilot of of a kid with a lot of steel in him and just a lot of heart and someone who even before he had powers was someone who would just do good things for the sake of being good and it it was you know, it was great. 
and I think that the the flashbacks with him trying to go see his dad after um, you know him going to prison, I thought showed a lot of metal in in him that is going to carry over to the rest of the series. I mean, he, he's, he's very determined. And once he gets something in his head, he's just, he's going to go after it. Yeah. And as far as in, and we got to see more of the Joe of the relationship that he has with Joe and, and just the position that, and, and as dad, I mean, you see the position that, that he was putting Joe in. He's like, well, you're, you know, you're keeping me from him. And, and, you know, just that moment to where, you know, he says, he's not keeping you from me. I don't want you to see me here. Right. And just that, that entire, that entire undercurrent of Joe has been nothing, um, has been a father in everything, but, but, you know, name to mm-hmm. bury. Mm-hmm. And against his better wishes, even when he was a kid, and just the the amount of feeling, like even when you know, just that moment that oh my god, I could you could see him wince when he is telling Barry he needs to he needs to you know chill out and let the professionals handle this, and he's he shouldn't be ma- doing this as the Flash. And, you know, when Barry says, you're not my father, and you just see him go, ah, you know, yeah. that was the, that was, it, you could tell that that was, ah, right in the feels. Yeah, cut deep. It really just did cut deep. And it it really did, you know, bring crashing down a whole bunch of, of past life with Joe, because you you did see him really do everything that a father did and and you have that great line at the end when Barry you know when they kind of make up and and make amends for that you know how Barry was like well yeah you're right you're not my dad but and you're just the guy who you know kept kept me in clothes and sat next to my bed when I was afraid of the dark and and all of those things you know that that dads do and it's really cool, especially coming from the standpoint of a dad where you look at it from, from that angle and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is, this is Joe being everything that a dad is supposed to be. The only thing that, that he really isn't is just, you know, the genetics part of it. And it's, it's one of those moments when, you know, he and Mr. Like, like I really enjoyed the the interplay between him and Wells when you know after Joe you know hammered on Barry that he he didn't didn't know what he was doing and and wasn't able to 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 go be the hero and he's he was really you know short with them in the sense of you know you guys well it was all of them really you know you don't know what you don't know that line of of saying, listen, guys, you know, you, you have no idea what you're doing out there and you're someone is going to get killed and, and you really need to stop. And there was that, then later on you have the interplay with him and Wells where he's like, look, you know, the only, the only way that Barry is going to do what he needs to do and, and be the man that he needs to be is if you do it because you're the dad. 
And I thought that was a really cool, uh, you know, interplay between the two because it really, he really was waiting for Joe to sort of give him permission to be the hero. Yeah, exactly. He needed, he needed Joe at some point to co-sign his bullshit. Mm -hmm. He totally needed to hear, all right, go get him. And you know, that's in the, but that sums up the relationship. You know, he was gonna, he was gonna do it. And I, I, I happen to agree with Wells that, you know, he was gonna, he was gonna screw the whole goddamn thing up if, you know, if he didn't feel supported. Yeah. So that, and then, then you see the result. And, uh, and, and it, that entire thing, I have to say too, one of the, one of the points that I loved about this episode was, the flash suit. I love the hell out of the flash suit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I can't, I can't stress enough as, as a, as seeing the flash in 1990 and wondering when the hell the flash had time to be a bodybuilder. Um, I love the hell out of the suit. The fact that it looks like it, it, it the, like this suit is, it matches the flash, comic book paradigm and i'm not going to say it's exact but it i i think it looks authentic right no i agree i i really enjoyed the suit too it was it was very uh iconic and i think that it was it was very fitting to what uh barry kind of needs as a suit you know the the old 90s uh bodybuilding suit was was comical i mean i think if i remember right it was like it was a russian deep sea diving suit that they retrofit into the flash's suit or some some jazz but he he was he was not the didn't have the physique that i would associate with the flash the flash is is you know sleek and and he's a runner uh, he's a runner he he's not a bodybuilder right and and the the new costume I think captures that. Um, you know, there was a good line at the end of the pilot where uh, you have Cisco and Caitlin talking about when Cisco's putting the 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 lightning bolt onto the suit, and you know, and Caitlin's asking, well, what about the what about the lightning bolt? And you know, and Cisco's like, well, you know, it's it's uh it's it's our symbol it's the symbol of the flash what do you think and then you get to see that in the in the second episode you know so you know just you know very prominent and i think that that's it was it was a nice touch and see and that's that's exactly what i like about this show is that it's it doesn't fuck about it doesn't fuck about with telling us you know, hey, we're going to show you how the Flash is made, and we're going to show you all the things. That, and then at the very end, we're going to give you a little hint of Flash. Hint of Flash in a costume. And that's it. No, you're right into it. You're like, hey, I'm the Flash. Watch me save some people. And that, you know, essential, qu quintessential superhero stuff that... It, it, I, and again, this is totally my history as a comic book fan watching comic books in the media, in movies, in TV shows. How little they gave to the fans. Mm -hmm. And that it, 
that's what's awesome about the this entire I I wouldn't I don't know if I call it a revolution. Maybe we could call it a revolution of some sort, but where people are making companies are making uh shows and movies with the fans in mind in the spirit that the books intended mm-hmm. and you know we're getting to see you know the the cool things about all these superheroes the flash the flash and arrow and you know we've got uh what uh, legends of tomorrow yeah and don't get me started on the movies you know all over the place um but we can't get away from you know what the fuck i i honestly think we need to stop taking masks off in public superheroes (laughs) motherfuckers yeah somebody's gonna find you out yeah there there is that i mean i i can kind of understand why they do it um, but I, but again, I, I understand where you're coming from at the same time. I, you know, my, my kind of background in stage acting, you know, stage, um, you know, presence and stuff. It's, it's one of those things you don't put hats on actors because it's the, the shadow across their face makes it so you can't see them, but it it's, you, you gotta have the money shot, right? You gotta have the, the actor looking all dash and and you know cool and stuff and you know you gotta you gotta see grant gustin out there as barry allen as the flash right you know that's that's just kind of one of those things but you know the practical side of me totally agrees with you i mean the days of camera phones and everything it's like you're running around with your mask off and it's like oh hey look it's the dude in the suit click i wonder who that is let's look it up on facebook yeah i and i and i understand and they will get they totally get the suspension of disbelief from me it's fine you know what if if barry walks around without a mask for a minute and then it's just like every and we don't see in another character in the shadows taking his I'm okay fine he didn't get caught that's good hope it continues but let's just I'll I'll move on but no you bring up a good point though I mean why why do they take their you know the masks off it's it is sort of yeah if I was a superhero I'd never take my mask off yeah, never take the mask. Look at Batman. Look at Batman. Batman doesn't take the mask off. Yeah, that's true. You know, but Batman's got. You know why? Because Batman has eye makeup on. That's, that's true. He has the he, just, he has the eye makeup. And if he took his ass mask off, yeah, he'd look silly. They'd be like, "Hey, why is Bruce Wayne an eyeliner? What is up with that?" <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man. And then uh, yeah, and I I'm okay, and you know. I come from this entire age to where I read, you know, for instance, I read the Hulk and I remember the Hulk, how, how cool the Hulk was. And I remember as a kid watching that, that seventies TV series Mm -hmm. of the Hulk and, you know, just the expectation that my mind based on the comic book set for that. And then, you know, because the Hulk, he turned into this eight-foot-tall green giant that took on the U.S. military. And then we re-ratcheted that down to a dude painted green 
you know, yeah, throwing right a now. TV through a plate glass window and running away from the local sheriff. I was just like, that's not right. Yeah. But now, now is a new age. Yeah, now, well, you have C, you know, you have CGI, right? I mean, that's that's the totally. biggest thing, right? You know, you, you had Lou Ferrigno in, in green paint and uh, back in the day, but now you have the, you know, the CGI Hulk, which is the massive dude. You've got the the Flash with the the uh, lightning bolts, you know, Excellent. coming off him and, and special you know, effects. special effects running around. I mean, you know, they can do so much more now with the technology that, you know, that we can kind of see and they can live up to their their expectations now and which is which is awesome right i mean we live in a really cool time for for comic book geeks geeks and superhero movies because you know they're really just amazing amazing cinema amazing uh uh you know media well i think slowly but surely too there's been a lot of evolution of audience and how how industries view the audience like Mm -hmm. i think they put i think they I think they put a bit more faith in the audience as far as from a comic for, for comic book movies and, and shows, they put more faith in the audience than they did in the past. Like, I think the the general sentiment in the past was like, who's ever going to watch this if it's just about a comic character right and now? It's like, how can we get more comic characters in here? So people will watch it. Right. And, and so it's been an evolution. Right. And I think one of those things, I think one of the things that we're seeing is, is that the, the kids of the 60s and 70s that used to read comic books are now the movie executives and the producers and the, the people that are making those decisions are, you know, they're older now. And so they're in the position of power to be able to make the decisions of what sort of media we're going to consume. And so, you know, those, those people are going to go, well, when I was a kid, I really enjoyed reading comic books. So let's make some comic book movies now. Hell yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's badass. It's, it really is killer that, that we're seeing this kind of stuff. This is the age of geek, man. Yeah, it is. And we're fortunate enough to be living and consuming in it, you know, because they can take my money. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll, go and i'll still i don't you know and i don't even care um i'll i'll go check it out you know even if it's like you know uh just a little bit of you know this is good yeah i know all this other stuff you have to relegate this to the shit pile but this part is really good that's a lot better than we used to get that is true that is true I mean, so, you know, and in this, and, and so in the flash, I, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll list my picadillos. I, I had my picadillos as far as the mask thing, you know, I'll, I'll, again, I will say I firmly will suspend my disbelief, even though they're shooting at oil cans and they're crouching behind the oil cans as the clones are shooting them. Yeah. Um, and they're totally okay with that. Well, I'm going to say oil. Hopefully it was oil. Maybe it was, you know, noxious chemicals. And yet still the bullets were ricocheting off of those. Right. Barrels. Yeah. Um, and they're, and they're okay. And, and that's, again, that's a TV and a comic book, uh, common trope. And I'll 
still say I'm okay with it, but the objective part of me says, nope, shouldn't do that. Um, and then, and then fucking Eddie Thon. Oh, fuck, man. You know. Eddie, yeah, good old Eddie, man. Hey, don't worry about Barry. He's in a coma. Hey, you want to go get some coffee, baby? Yeah. Eddie Thon. Eddie. He's such a, he's such an interesting and non-complex character. But, yeah. Like I want to hate him. I sometimes, you know, you, you're like, oh yeah, well, it, because he doesn't have, he doesn't seem to have anything. He's genuinely, he's just like, hey, look at me, I'm Golden Boy Eddie Thon. I'm just, I'm just, I'm your dad's partner, and I'm an excellent cop. And check me out. And there we go. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where you know he's the other guy. And you love Barry so much, and you want Barry to to be happy with Iris, and then here along comes Eddie, and it's like, well, son of a bitch, you know, here's the pretty boy, and it's like, oh, hit you, and and you know, I look at it when Iris and them are together, and Iris is just so oblivious to the fact that that uh, you know Barry has feelings for her and she just twists the knife in him so bad and it's just oh hope this doesn't bother you I hope Barry. this doesn't bother you and it's just like no no it doesn't thank you i'm gonna cast nervous glances your way and pretend to ignore you all day long it's fine yeah it's poor Barry. poor Barry. It's- yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, this, you know, I mean, this this uh, episode was an interesting, you know, kind of coming of age sort of transition episode, I think. And one of the ones that we did see a, a major change in the um, just the whole character um, uh, motivation and where they were at was uh, was Caitlin. At the beginning, you know, you had Caitlin come into it with, uh, you know, finding Cisco, talking to Barry, running into the building, and she was getting all pissy and scolding him, and you know how how dare you do this and put people in in danger and and this and that and the other thing, and you know, yeah, she was totally Team Joe about that. Story. Yeah, she really was, and you know, at one point she even turned around and was like, "Oh, don't look at me, I'm on your side." Yeah, and, I love that part. I, I was like, yeah, yeah, well, and Joe said, and, and yeah, I like that. Yeah. And, and it was just, you know, you, you had her just a real, you know, hardcore naysayer and, and even to the point where she was given, you know, Wells dirty looks and, and everything. But, and then by the end of the, the episode, especially, she was, you know, there sitting next to Cisco going, oh, okay, I'm on board. I'm a, I'm a Barry fan through and through now, which was cool, I thought. I, and, and it made sense, I think. I think she, her transition, it would have been really easy to just sort of write in the script, okay, here's where Caitlin is cool with Barry. But I think they put enough motivation for her so that when she did make that choice, it was believable. And it was like, okay, cool. I can I can get behind 
Caitlin now supporting Barry and, and being part of the team. Well, there is a lot of shit that happened in episode one, really. Because you have Barry get struck by lightning, and he's in the coma, then he discovers his powers. And then, then it was really, it was at the end that you had Joe find out, and he's just like, what the fuck? You're superpower too? And like, even in this episode, he's just like, you know, he, he said something like, you know, bullets don't really bounce off of you. He's just like, you can't handle this guy unless, you know, you, you can still get shot. I mean, you can, can't you? You know, kind of thing. Like, he he's not sure of the extent of Barry's powers even, mm-hmm. but he's still coming to terms with that ent- entire idea. And I think the development of this this episode was that, okay, so let's start let's start planting Barry's base. So these are all the people that are in his life that – you know, or closest to him, say for Iris. And, uh, you know, you've got Joe and, and, and the whole Star Labs crew, as it were. And, uh, so, you know, we're everybody who knows is coming to terms with it. So he can move on and they can move on with him. And I liked that about this, mm-hmm. um, including a kick ass, uh, kick ass supervillain. Yeah, it was a neat supervillain. the The metahuman of the of the week was uh, was a neat one. Although I, uh, you know, being more of a Marvel guy, I always looked at him being, you know, the multiple man. But um, multi multiplex was uh, was pretty cool. I um, I especially liked him sort of at the end when he was the sea of multiplex dudes. That was that was a neat scene. There was so much, yeah, and I, I and I harken back because it was very Matrixy, and I liked it, and I mean in a good way, not a derivative way. Mm-hmm. With uh, you had Barry, you know, the Flash just taking out all these these clones, and the clones coming for him. Like originally, you know, it was almost like this this intricate Arkham game style, you know. Uh, sort of scene with him taking out the clones. Um, and then they, then they go all gangbusters on him, and it was, it was really good and really well done. And I think an essential part of the, the sort of mythos around him discovering his power and what he can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Cause there were good, there were moments in that, like I was watching it with Dot. I was watching it with my wife, and and she she's has not seen these episodes, and so it it was a lot of fun to just sit next to her and watch these episodes and sort of shoot the sideline glance to her as she was discovering a lot of these things that you know I already knew was was coming up, and she. It was it was almost like watching it for the first time because I got to to watch her reactions while I'm actually doing going through the the episode myself. But there were a couple of times when Barry was surrounded by multiplex and then he would just stop and get his ass kicked and and Dot would would say like why the hell is he just stopping? He's just stopping there and getting his ass kicked and it's like yeah I know why why would he well, the reason why he would is because he's still he he's still getting used to his power. He doesn't really understand the speed force very much, I think, and he still kind of gets to this point where he doesn't re, he doesn't have it innately 
internalize that he is speed incarnate. And so yeah. he, he does get to those points where he just stops and freezes and goes, oh shit, I'm surrounded. And then he gets gang fucked. And, yeah. and when you see that progression through the, the episode, it happens to him a couple of times. And then the end comes and you, you have the, the, the sea of multiplex dudes coming at him and, and going to gang rush him. And, it's like he almost freezes again, like, oh, crap, I'm going to get, you know, beat up again. But then he goes, no, wait a second, um, speed time, and I'm going to go and do my thing. And you have everything go to slow-mo, and he just runs through and, and you know, bowls people over and dodges and goes through all of the multi multiplex guys to get into the prime. And so he... He's he gets to a point where he understands his power and starts really using it and not just running fast, but actually using the speed force as an offensive power. Yeah. And in, in I and initially when I saw that, initially when I saw Barry getting beat up, I had the same I had the same idea. Like, you know, like, why the fuck? Because in the comic, right, that was that was one of those major things about the Flash was that he was way too fast to get hit. You know, in the comic, when he runs into Superman, and Superman is the only one who hit him, and he was like, "Oh, I haven't been hit before," and he that was a that was a major thing in the comic book. But then, then we're translating this not in a, from a we're translating it from a comic to a live action. And so I'll, I'll say this that you know when was the last time any of us tried to fly? I mean, you know, it's mm. like we don't necessarily if we're not acquainted with the power, we're not going to use it as muscle memory. Right. So we can, I'll, I totally, I'm totally on board with the idea that he, you know, in, in this, he didn't, he just didn't know. And that's cool with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, absolutely. And, and he, it's a good progression because he actually starts kind of understanding these things and, you know, and as the, the season progresses, you start to see him really integrate that into muscle memory. And he does get to the point where people just don't hit him because he's yeah. so fast and he, he does what he needs to do to, to fight and do what he needs to do. Cause, cause he's really not like a warrior. He's not a fighter per se, but he's really excellent at using the speed force as an offensive power. Yeah, totally. And you know what? In, in, Totally. Barry gets a pa- pass from me on that because as it's, it's a progression issue and I, I can, I can, I can live with the fact that you look at it, he's like what, two months in to having mm-hmm. a power. So yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, if this were, if this were like season three and he's looking like, I don't know what to do and for it. Okay. Then. All right. I, you just lost me. Yeah. We got issues. But, Another thing that I I did like a little piece of superhero quintessential plot was the the villain tumbling to his death, which yeah we can call a cop out. I don't I don't care. Mm, yeah, we don't want to see multiplex again. Maybe we will. Who knows? Nobody can stay dead. Um, but. Uh, you know, him holding him and saying no, and him having the cool little uh, hair as a second arm effect thing. 
And I don't know if he was grabbing for Barry or pushing him off of him. I think it was just kind of like pushing off of him mm-hmm. to fall to his death. But that was that was another common superhero, quintessential villain falls to his death and leaves uh, 60 fucking clone bodies that nobody knows what the <laughs> fuck to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, that is one of those interesting moments, right? Because you got to think who's going to clean that shit up, and and at that point, you know, who who is going to make the the connection to say, oh wow, there's you know something wrong here because there's sixty of the same guy and they're all genetically the same and they're all wearing the same clothes, which which is another interesting you know little peccadillo, I guess. Yeah. When he does multiply, he multiplies his clothes, but. The, um, you know, I guess we'll just call it U fiber, but the thing is, is like he, and that's an inside joke for anybody out there who has no idea what I'm talking about. Go read Aberrant. But the funny thing is, is that you, you have all these bodies out there. Well, who the hell is going to clean this up? And then who's going to make the, con- you know, connect the dots of going, holy shit, there's metahumans out there, right? Yeah. Cause if they don't, if they don't go, if they don't just put this in the metahuman box, then they're looking at like 60 odd homicides. Just like they all just dropped or, you know, deaths. We'll see. Right. Mysterious deaths. I mean, even in the Star Labs, you know, Joe just guns one down and they're like, oh, here, let's just put this in the in the furnace. Don't worry about it. Like, I don't know what they <laughs> did with that. Yeah, but no I mean, doubt. It didn't show it dissolving in a little pool or a puff of smoke or some kind of pizzazz. So you're just like left with a whole whole shit ton of bodies but then you think like if he is reproducing like boots and clothes and shit like i don't even know what the ramifications of that are somebody better look into that yeah no doubt where are these boots coming from where are these jackets and shit coming from (laughs) i mean like that's some that's some serious uh you know quantum you know fission kind of shit right there yeah well uh, again if we just all they need to do is just have a great big metahuman checkbox, and we'll just put throw that in there, and then get somebody on the, you know, throwing the bodies in the furnace detail, and uh, you know, they can yep. uh, they can. Well, that one, insight. yeah, that one falls firmly into the you know get your reality out of my fantasy box, right? Oh yeah, totally. I don't. I'm not going to worry about the in in all. Yeah. In all honesty, I'm not going to worry about the the clones. Because now we've got Dr. Wells to deal with. Oh, yeah. Dr. Wells, right? What an interesting character. And, and Walking and, around Wells. Yeah, and he and here's another moment where sitting here with Dottie and she keeps looking over at me going, okay, well, what's Wells going to do now? And it's just you have these the, the anticipation, right, of looking at him going, all right. What are you going to do now, man? Because you're going to do something. That's we know that he's yeah. got something up his sleeve because he's <laughs> just that crazy, devious motherfucker. So that's exactly. And that that's, that's you know, seems to be, you know, two episodes in and running little uh, in cap right there is what the fuck is Wells up to? And, you know, we will have to stay tuned to uh, find out. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you got Stag there and, you know, what his deal is. And 
And and then, you know, what I've got, I've got Dottie here going, what the hell is going on here? And and at the end when he when he rolls in to see, you know, his 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 uh his rival there and there's like, Oh, I know that the red guy, I know that he's the key, I know that and I'm gonna get him. And you see that look on Wells's face like, oh, you you shouldn't have said that, dude. Cause yeah, you should have just kept well enough alone, left well enough alone. Yep. Didn't realize that we had to do it like this. And yep. there's Wells taking him out. And yeah, and then you know Dottie freaks out, going, "Holy shit! I can't believe he just stabbed him!" <laughs> it's like, "Well, oh my God. <laughs> what the hell? What the hell?" Well, yeah, I mean that's that's uh, Wells in a nutshell. Somebody's messing with uh with his boy, and so he's just gonna you know stab a motherfucker. Well, sometimes you know you got to take it to the street, and uh, apparently Wells isn't afraid to do that. No. Because I know that, uh, so, I know, I know for a fact that, uh, you saw, saw, you're a little bit behind in the game, but that's okay. Cause you're yeah, I'm behind. a little bit behind the curve. But, uh, I know that you saw some Batman v Superman, the dawn of justice. Oh yeah. Saw, saw Batman v Superman, uh, the, the such a oh yeah we saw that movie <laughs> so yeah so here's your bonus track ladies and gentlemen yeah this is uh you can end right here you could end this podcast and go on with your lives and if you've seen batman v superman and love it then will you just carry on and if you hated it well you could just carry on too but otherwise you can listen to our bullshit yep and just so you know there will be rot with spoilers so, yeah, give them a three, two, one. All right, let's go on with this. Yeah. So, like, what the fuck is wrong with this goddamn movie? I tell you what, man, it is, it is one of those things where I just cannot, I cannot understand why they are not able to put a decent movie together, and it's just. It is it is such a piece of garbage. I mean it it made a lot of money and you know, good on them that they made money and and that's awesome. But I just I mean, I was sitting here watching this movie going, What the fuck am I watching? This is just unbelievable. I mean, there were moments in the movie where I I looked over at Dottie and I was just like are we are we still watching this? Like, what the hell? And she's like, I have no idea what the hell is going on. Like, what the hell is happening? Um, <laughs> you know, I mean the 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 flashbacks and the weird you know moments of Batman where he was having these weird hallucinations. Um, you know, I like the theory of P- PTSD. I think that that makes sense, but I think that it's a stretch and it's something that feels like an excuse more than, than anything else. Like it, you know, well, okay. So we start at the movie, right? We start with seeing, 
the 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 fight between him and Zod. And yeah. and we start with the the whole deal with him running into the building and trying or running towards the building and trying to save people and 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 going through this really traumatic deal at the beginning. And you know, it it clearly affects him. But at the same time, you know, you 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 get to see his parents die again, which I got to tell you. God damn it. I don't want to see I don't want to see. I can't I can't live like this. I can't live each time. I want to see Bruce Wayne's parents get it anymore. Oh, you know, I did like the Okay, so I did like the fact that that you know, Bruce Wayne's parents were uh um jeez, oh, Maggie from Walking Dead and these are this is how I know these characters. Uh you had Maggie from Walking Dead and then you had uh um the comedian uh, from Watchmen, and uh, you know, and I liked that. I liked both of those those actors in that in those roles. But I didn't want to see them. I don't have to see. I don't need to see them. Yeah. And they, um, I I I know who Batman is. I didn't need to see Superman. I didn't need to see fucking Krypton explode. I yeah. don't want to see that. It added nothing to the story. It really just didn't. It, it seemed like it was just filler, and it was something that you really just didn't need in that story. Uh, you, you know, like you said, you know who Batman is. I mean, if you don't, if you're, if you're going to see a Batman versus Superman movie and you don't know who Batman is, you're in the wrong theater. You're in the wrong theater. Because that is not the movie for you. Now, I do have to say that Ben Affleck as Batman was the best part of that movie. He, yeah. he was an excellent Batman, and he did a great job. I don't care what anybody says, past, present, or future. He did a great job as Bruce Wayne. He did a great job as Batman. Dude, man, I am totally team Batfleck on that. I'm, I, I loved the fuck out of his characterization of both Bruce Wayne and Batman. And I didn't expect to, I expected to hate them both. And I was, if I had any expectation, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to go in there and I'll, I'll just, you know what? If Ben Affleck fucks up Batman, I mean, you know what? This is not the worst thing that could happen to Batman as, as we well know. Yeah. Um, I mean, so we, we lived through George Clooney. We can oh, live, yeah. through, you know, yeah. and you know, we cried through all that, and it's all right. But but I, I love the hell out of Mister CrossFit. I'm going to beat the fuck out of Superman, Batfleck, right there. That's a Batman I always wanted, quite frankly, and I didn't know I had it. I had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And and you know those those parts of the movie when he was doing his. You know his training montage were were probably some of the highlights of the movie, it, with the exception. I mean, I did I did actually enjoy when they finally started when they actually clashed when Batman and Superman actually got down, um, and 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 fought. I thought that they that action sequence was actually pretty well done. Um, I thought that it, 
it had some holes in it, but it was it was decent. It was and and it was one of those things where I could see the I could I could feel that Batman actually had a chance against Superman because it was you know when you talk generally outside of the the context of uh, the movie or the comics or whatever, just just anecdotally, okay, well, who wins, Batman or Superman? Generally, what the you know the people say or what I hear a lot of as well, Superman is because he can just shoot him with his eye beams and he's done, or he just hits him and he explodes or whatever, right? Um, however, it always comes down in my mind to does Batman get to prep? Well, and yeah, there's that because if you let Batman have a minute, oh, you're fucked. You're fucked, and and you saw that Batman, you know, and you really you did actually get to see that in this fight. Batman prepped, and he got the kryptonite toys, and he got all of his anti Superman at gadget together, and when it came down to it, and that when they were on level playing field. Batman is a better fighter than Superman, so he kicked his ass. Well, it's always, and that's always been the case, right? Right? Because you always see, and and I don't know, good or ill, okay? But I think that Superman, motherfucker should have taken some Taekwondo just in case. I mean, yeah. what what if he gets hit by the kryptonite and loses his back? You know, even then, what if he can still kick somebody's ass? You know, then they'll be like, they'll think twice about Superman. Then, but no, he's never had to learn that. No. So, but the thing is, I that fight shouldn't have been in that movie. That that fight should have been in like another maybe one or two movies down the road. Like they they rushed and put so much garbage into this movie that it it muddied the water so badly that it was they they tried to they just they tried to put ten pounds of shit into a five pound bag and it just didn't work because there was no investment, at least I thought, there was no investment in the characters because you didn't have any past life with them. There, you know, I mean, you know who Batman is, you know who Superman is. You you saw Man of Steel, so you kind of have some some past life with Superman, but you don't really have any past life with Ben Affleck. You have zero past life with with uh, Wonder Woman, and. So you, when these characters come into the movie, you just you don't have any kind of attachment. You know, if if you look at this as an origin story to a bigger universe, it just it doesn't play well because they tried to put too much into it too fast. If they had broken it up into maybe two or three movies and been patient with it, it would have been a lot better. Well, like like they, what Marvel did, and if they could have done, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that that the whole Batman versus Superman, that's you know, because they're going off of Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller's, you know, iconic reimagining of Batman, which really redefined 
it was a, it was a flash hearkening back to to Batman as quote unquote the Dark Knight. It took Batman away from the cheesy 70, 60s, 70s Batman and returned him to um, returned him to his roots as a scary superhero. And then Frank Miller took it that step further of like, well, why? And you know the why is he scary? And in in the idea that you know ultimately in Dark Knight these characters had decades of history. They had the Justice League, all all the all the the comic book canon history they had, and then some unknown what you call it that uh, MacGuffin that uh, you know basically sets them both on these separate paths that are coming to a head. And so in the graphic novel, it was believable here in this movie, it was less believable. And it was, I, I totally agree. It was like, man, if you just waited, like all these elements, it's, it harkens back to like, wow, I got this cool part in this and that that's all right. Even though the rest of this goes in the shit, shit pile. I, I, I love I love the Batman fight scenes. I I think that the Batman versus Superman fight scene itself, like the, you know, the just the dynamic around it is is good. It's visually appealing. I don't buy the premise. I agree. And, and I felt insulted as an audience member mm-hmm. because, you know, it, it was like me and Tammy and I had, had this talk about Batman and PTSD and and I think they sh- they. They glossed over things they shouldn't have glossed over, and you know then they harped on things they shouldn't have harped on, right. like Martha. That that why do you know that? If I have to hear, come on, all right, Batman, world's greatest motherfucking detective. Um, and and okay, so we as an audience, you can go, okay, well, Batman's experienced PTSD because it's it's inferred. That Joker killed Robin. Right. And, but it's never said. We just see graffiti of a Robin costume and Bruce Wayne looking, you know, pretty fucking miserable. So, and then everybody more or less going like, the bat's mean. He's mean. Well, okay. Was he not mean before? Was he good? I mean, did he, what he, you know, what, what's the difference? You know, why didn't they show us some flashbacks? Cause they, you know, they showed us flashbacks of Bruce Wayne's parents dying, but they didn't show us any flashbacks about why the fuck he's fucked in the head now. And that right. was my problem. They just saw these really interesting and twisted sort of, uh, not interesting, actually, these really twisted dream sequences that were very jarring that took you out of the experience because it didn't have any kind of, uh, it just didn't have any real root in the movie. And and so what it seemed like, like Dottie said, is like was Lex Luthor slipping Batman LSD or something. I mean, it was one of those moments where I, I don't understand why Bruce Wayne is getting all of these crazy hallucinations other than, okay, yeah, he's probably has PTSD and that makes sense. But it never really comes out and just says it, which is easy to do and should have been done. Well, and I'll, and here's the other thing is like, it's also been intoned, inferred, 
Abintound, inferred. It was inferred that the f- sequence of him, you know, Batman in trench coat, you know, with his with his machine gun and the whole thing. And as a comic book fan, I got a little giddy about that because A, you had the Omega symbol, which is dark side. That's dark side all over the place. It's written in a big letter, a big Omega symbol on the ground. You know, anytime a big Omega symbols on the ground, you see what looks like a burnt out city in the, in the background and, you know, a bunch of military rebellion looking guys doing a bunch of military rebellion shit. Um, you, you go, well, obviously dark side is taken over. He's at war or whatever. And then it, so the comic book fan in me was all, uh, was like, whoo, and getting all giddy. But then you think about the continuity, like where was this in the movie? And it was like, it just kind of was it looked slapped together like an episode. They were like, I know what would be cool. And, and then they sort of tie it together with the whole flash saying, Oh, I came back too far, which infers my inference from that. Everybody's got their special little story, but mine was that flash came back, maybe changed history. So dark side doesn't attack and Bruce Wayne is is getting a flashback of an alternate history. He's getting like, you know, that weird bleed mm. through of an alternate history where he and Superman really did fight to the or he like Superman really did kill him. But again, you know, I wanted all right, tell me, goddammit. You know, give mm-hmm. us give us some more clues. Don't don't make me make the story for you. Yeah, exactly. And it, I mean, this is all fine, well, and good, but this is all gonna, this is only gonna play to the real, I mean, this is only gonna play to the hardcore fans. And there's nothing wrong with playing to the hardcore fans. I mean, that's, that's awesome to give nods to the, to the, to Darkseid and these other characters. And that's really neat to do because that's part of why these movies are so much fun because they do give nods to these, these aspects of the thing. But when you have to have those people making your story for you because it's so esoteric, you've done something wrong because the story should be able to be self-evident and it should stand on its own. And I mean, you, you want to be able to have intrigue. You want to be able to drop subtle clues and hints to future stories. You want to be able to have all those things, but you don't want it so subtle and so esoteric that it doesn't it it it, it doesn't make sense. Well, you, know, that, you don't want Prometheus. Yeah. Well, uh, don't get me started. I kind of like Prometheus. Well, I did man. too. I did too. I, I you know, and maybe that was the wrong thing. I I enjoyed Prometheus, but but the point is, in my mind, is that. You you have one single movie trying to do what two or three movies should have done. And I agree with what you were saying earlier in the sense of, you know, I, it, that scene with the flying bug-like dudes and the, you parademons. know. The, Fucking parademons. Right. You know, I mean, that's pretty badass, right? And I think that somebody somewhere in a, in a boardroom somewhere and said, hey, this would be cool. Let's throw this little, let's throw this little tidbit in. Yeah, well, and then. And I and and like I said, the fanboy in me loved the the hell out of it. But 
it doesn't work in the overall movie. And I don't like, I don't care about Superman and Batman fighting because I don't care enough about Superman. And I only care about Batman in a kind of like, I care about the idea of Batman. I don't care about Batman, you know, kind of way for this movie. Um, so they didn't have any hooks in me personally to say, I didn't have a dog in the fight. If Batman killed Superman, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's misunderstood. Maybe you're right. Bruce Wayne, he would have destroyed the world. And you know what? If if Superman would have taken out Batman, you know, maybe he is a damn menace to Gotham City going around branding folks like he is. Yeah. Um, I mean, exactly. Know, it's just sort of like, meh. I, it, I I go back to, and again, I mean, maybe I shouldn't compare it to Marvel, but I, I have a hard time not. And I, I compare the, the movie or the compare the fight between Batman and Superman to the, the epic battle in um, Civil War at the yeah. end between Tony and Steve, right? Yeah. You you have 12 movies of, of character development into these guys. You've got four movies of build up to this fight. And you know, you you have these two guys going at it in such a fashion as to there is nothing, there's no other way that this could have happened. These guys are fighting because of four movies worth of backstory. And, and I'm okay with that because I'm invest and that that yeah, you're right. I was invested in those characters. Right. And and ultimately, I didn't want to see either of them lose or either of them win. It was heart-wrenching to see them fight because you loved them both. And the thing is is that good, bad or ill, you could you could see both of their point of view very clearly. You know, I understand why Tony was was angry and hurt and upset and why he was attacking Steve, I understood why Steve did what he did and why he was angry and hurt and upset and why he was attacking uh, Tony. Totally. And and you didn't want either of them to hurt the other, but you knew that there was no other way that that was going to be resolved but for them to go at each other. And that was what needed to happen between Batman and Superman, and it just didn't. Because they didn't, they didn't put enough effort into the movie, and they 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 basically did this one, you know, thirty second uh, interchange between them, where Batman is chasing the the Kryptonite, and he goes around a corner, hits Superman, crashes the Batmobile. Superman rips the thing off the thing and says you know, you better stop doing this. Think of this as mercy and then leaves and, or the, you know, do you bleed and leaves? <laughs> and it's just, it's just like, and do that's it. That's, that's why you're going to fight. It's just that it's, it's, it, it's very formulaic. You, you get the sense that when they finally do lay down that, or, you know, throw down that it's, it, it's, it gets to the point of the script, Batman and Superman fight. Okay, it's time to go down, you know, go. Yeah, totally. So I and and you know, here's the thing is that you want to you want I like as a fan, I wanted 
to sympathize with these characters. And you know what? I have to have a tendency to sympathize with Batman because he's the ultimate underdog superhero, even though he's a billionaire and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is like, you know, you got Batman who historically in the comic book canon, you know, he's hanging with the big boys, right? Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love the fact to, to compare DC movies to DC movies. Um, the DC animated universe is like awesome. Yeah, it is. And like, I love the fact in Justice League War, which basically, um, you know, details almost, almost, uh, you know, to a T, like the first meeting of the Justice League in the new 52, uh, universe. Um, sort of how they came together. And I love that when Batman and Green Lantern first meet and Green Lantern, you know, Batman's sort of ordering Green Lantern around all over the place. And Green Lantern's just like, so what do you do? Do you fly? He's like, no. Are you a vampire? No. Do you have super strength? No. He's like, no, don't tell me you're a regular guy. Mm-hmm. And it ends up that he gets in a little scuffle with Batman and Batman steals his fucking power ring. Yeah. Because he's Batman. Because he's Batman. Exactly. And he's like, what the hell did you just do? And here's this guy who for all intents and purposes should be like, you know, in the, in the, you know, in the little leagues. And he's like, you know, he takes for granted that everybody is you know, got these world shattering powers. So I, I was rooting for Batman, but you see so little to go on, you Mm. know, like I will, I, I totally buy into that whole Robin's dead and he's fucked up about it. And, you know, if they expanded on that a little bit, I think it would make a better story. I liked the fight scene that when he goes to save, you know, Clark's mom, um, Clark's Martha. Yeah. Cause you get to see, um, and, and when I saw the ultimate edition, they had more of an expanded fight scene. You get to see Batman, not just doing cool things, but going into it, seeing how he is overwhelmed, how he, they have the numbers and the guns, and this is how he's going to deal with them. And so there is that soul sympathetic. He knows he has to be a bigger badass than they are to, to get through them. And I liked that when it came down to, um, and of course I was post fight, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it seemed like he just wanted to pick shit with Superman for picking shit with Superman. And, uh, and I, I, I still didn't even buy the fact that he had to have known as Bruce Wayne that, you know, Superman flies through some buildings and there's some ugly alien, Super invaders, well, Kryptonian super invaders, things are going to fall down. Yeah. And shit's going to get busted up. And that's just kind of what happens when you fight guys of that that order of magnitude. Because that, that was one of the things that I loved about, I did like about Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. I think that it was a dark re, darker reimagining about, of Superman, which Superman needed some darkening up. Superman needed some realism yeah. because historically speaking, he has been kind of a boy scout and I, and I'm okay with that, but I liked the treatment of man of steel because you got to see, you got to see the destruction that, that was wrought by Zod and Kal-El fighting him and, and, and this entire Kryptonian, 
you know, sort of battle, you got to see that destruction. And if they had dealt in this one more directly around the idea of like, yeah, there was a lot of destruction rather than just sort of give, give, you know, a little nod to it as in, yeah, that Batman's pissed off about it. That was about it. That was all I got. People died and Batman was pissed off. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, and I also agree. I mean, I, I enjoyed Man of Steel. I thought it was an entertaining movie. It definitely had some some low points, but I I, def, I I enjoyed the movie. It made sense to me. And if they had had a Man of Steel style movie with, for Batman as Bruce Wayne or as uh, Affleck so that we could get some understanding of what his deal is and and where his character was coming from, I think that it would have been a much a much better, uh, you know, Dawn of Justice. It, it just, you they know, could have it, done it, a whole movie about him in my estimation. And I, and obviously, you know, they don't come and ask me about choosing movies, but they could have done a whole damn movie about him dealing with the fact that Robin died. Yeah. And I, you know what? I probably would have loved the hell out of it. Show, show a few signs of Batman, a few scenes of Batman kicking ass. I would have loved it. Yeah, I agree. I think, and I, it, I would have, you know, ponied up some cash to do that, to to see a reimagining of Batman with Affleck and and in the same world as Man of Steel, and you know the aftermath of of what happened with him and Zod, and you know the new Joker, and the aftermath of him losing Robin, and all of those things. I think would have been a really excellent movie. And I think that it would have been something that would have made you much more sympathetic and it to him, it would have shown the PTSD. And so that when you got to the Dawn of justice, it would have just, it would have made sense. And then, yeah. That brings me to, you know why, you know why, and and I'll I'll tell you on this tip, and and I know we can't avoid comparisons, but here's another comparison for you. Haha, is that Iron Man three? If Iron Man three hadn't happened, we wouldn't give two shits about why Captain America and Iron Man were fighting. I absolutely because Iron Man three, almost the entire thing. Yeah, you know we had this entire issue with the Mandarin, and we had. Um, and we had the um, the virus, and we had a lot of shit going on. But over the, the overarching story around Iron Man three was Tony Stark's PTSD, and you know the idea that he flew a nuclear missile into space, blew up a zillion Chitari, and fell back through the goddamn wormhole. And all this shit happened in New York, and he was he was really the vanguard for all of it. Mm-hmm. And him dealing with that and coming to terms with it, you know. And they mention it again in sort of Age of Ultron, and they gloss it over. But then you have Ultron, who is also a continuation of Tony's PTSD. You know, he just cho- chose to create an AI to handle his PTSD. Yep. And then you have on, and, and then so you see that continuing thing. But as far as as a character, that's why I cared. That's why I cared when Tony Stark, you know, told, you know, told Steve Rogers 
And Bucky Barnes there, he, he asked Steve, did you know about this? And you could see him getting ready to snap. And, and you saw that Captain America see him getting ready to snap. And, and him going, yeah, okay. You know, this is where I snap. And you felt it. Mm-hmm. And if they had had that sort of dynamic in this, and you know what? That's why they shouldn't have done the first goddamn movie. Exactly. That's why they shouldn't have done it. And then, and then, on top of all of this, to slap Doomsday into the end. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Was was just one of those moments of pure stupidity that I I was like, you know, the the to put that amount of of effort into a into a character that is so iconic within the Superman mythos. I mean, even I know who Doomsday is and I don't know shit. And, you know, that guy just has, you know, 15 minutes of screen time and ultimately doesn't be, you know, they, they, and they need Wonder Woman to take him down because she only gets like 10 minutes of screen time at the end, you know, kicking ass with, with Doomsday, which was a total insult to her. But I, I mean, an insult you can, to her. It was an insult to Superman because, you know, that was like in that deserved its own Superman movie. First absolutely. And, you know, I can't. And I'll, I will, I will gladly say that I, I shed, you know, I shed real tears when going, when I read the death of Superman, when he's sitting there just whomping on Doomsday and Doomsday is just whomping on Superman and he's just like, I can't quit. Cause if I do, you know, and there is that mm-hmm. entire thing of Superman is like, who else, who else? Who else is here? Yeah, I'm. I am the first, last, and only line of defense. And, and and I agree. I mean, I remember reading that that book and getting misty eyed at the end. You know, when when they finally you know laid the final blows on each other and you know and and lay there on the ground, just broken and battered and done. And it was it was just you you kind of reread the pages of going wow is it really over is it really done is he really dead is it really done holy shit and you know you can't you can't do that in ten minutes of storytelling it's it's not possible yeah well you know and that was uh, death of Superman was one of those moments to where you realized. As, you know, whether you just sort of followed Superman along in the comic books here and there, like I did, like I, I, you know, it was like Superman was a, you check, I would, I would check in on Superman once in a while. Is he still, uh, he's still Superman. All right. But you get, with Death of Superman, you realize that he put his money where his mouth is. Like he doesn't just believe in truth, justice and the American, he's like, this is something I'm willing to give my life for. And you see him do it. And that was that was definitely one of those moments to where you're like, he is not a bullshit guy. He might be a Boy Scout, but he's not mm-hmm. a bullshit guy. And, and so that was that was, uh, and they didn't in the movie. They didn't in the movie just like, in they didn't give me that vibe. Yeah, they really didn't. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, 
so it's it's just you know and i i i may want to watch the longer one if nothing else it's just an you know sight and miss you know a, a spectacle of sight and sound but well don't don't go into it expecting it's going to be more okay it's not gonna it, yeah that was my big it, I didn't have a disappointment because I read a little bit about, hey, what's up with this Ultimate Edition? And and so I read a little bit about it. And then I stopped reading because I was like, I can just find out the rest. But um, it it's more and he expands on things, but doesn't give any – again, I, I've said this before. There's no connective tissue. And there's lots of little cool parts, but no connective tissue. And that's – you know, a Marvel, and, and and I understand where DC's coming from because Marvel's been doing this, but you can't jump into Age of Ultron. You can't make that your first movie because if yeah. they made Age of Ultron the first movie, it would have failed. Absolutely, um, and you just can't. You you to get the Marvel experience, you have to start at Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And and so here's hoping because they're going to have Wonder Woman coming out. And what is it next year? Yeah, next I think year? so. And so here's hoping to draw another analogy because just you know, how can we get away from it? That that Wonder Woman will be Captain America: First Avenger for DC, and that she is going to bring bring about a revolution um, in their movie making paradigm. Maybe I don't know. It's probably no. You know. I'm too you far know, jaded. Here, yeah. here's the hoping, man. I it was such she was she was actually a, a neat character. I thought she actually had some some promise, and and so we'll see. Yeah, it's 2000. What is it? June June second, 2017. All right. See, so we don't have long to wait. But then, you know, um, hey, well. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that they succeed, and I really am hoping as a DC fan that that uh, you know relative fan that they'll succeed because I want to see it. I've enjoyed all the animated movies um, because they've been true to the spirit of the characters, and so in the meanwhile, I guess I'll just keep watching the animated movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, when it comes down to it, just go watch the Flashpoint Paradox and be happy. Yes, that is it is really awesome. I I we recently rewatched all of the DC animated universe movies and we watched them all in order and they are there's like more detail and thought put into those than you'd expect. Um, as far as level of detail on those, I, 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 I loved them. I even love the fact that flashpoint paradox, um, if you watch them in order, obviously it goes flashpoint paradox, then justice league war, which is keeping to the DC continuity in the comics that, uh, and you see the fact that their costumes and their stories are different. And, and I, I liked that. I like that DC kept their order in the animated universe pretty well. Mm-hmm. They're very entertaining. And they got my money too. The movies have my money, but you know, I'd like to be able to have more cool parts and less to throw into the shit pile. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I think that that's probably a good, uh, good and healthy rant. Totally. Until you see Suicide Squad. Till we see Suicide. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch Suicide Squad, <laughs> and then we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll chat in depth on that one. All right. Well, if I think that would be it, and excuse any recording area area recording errors everyone um we're trying a little new format and i think that we'll call it right there guys uh make sure to subscribe and uh, check us out when we review episode three and probably talk about some other crap too oh yeah everybody have a great one definitely subscribe we'll see you next week all right